This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season four of the podcast. Today's episode is a real treat. After looking at the types of conversations that we were having in the collective, which is our free community gathering, the third Thursday of every month, yeah, shameless plug, we decided that we wanted to carry some of these conversations into podcast recordings. What we did is we are inviting a random mashup of guests, people that don't know each other from all over the United States, even all over the world, and we're coming together to have a conversation on a specific topic, getting multiple people's opinions and really being able to continue to share a story and facilitate conversations on authenticity and what it really looks like to live and find your true north. We're excited. We're going to have our guests introduce themselves. And today we are going to have a conversation on self-worth. Where do we get it from? What does it look like to outsource it? And so much more. We hope you enjoy. It's hit and record in three, two, one. Okay, we're really excited. Today we are bringing together a mashup of some of our favorite people from around the U.S., to have a conversation on self-worth, which is going to be, I feel like very applicable. I don't know about everyone else here, but I've been playing a lot with self-worth in my own life and figuring out where I'm trying to get it from an external place and what that looks like. Um, So we're just gonna have a fun little jam session, getting the perspectives of five different people on how we outsource and how we insource our self-worth. So who would like to introduce themselves first? Uh, my name is Katie. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, ooh, ooh, represent the, the frozen tundra up here. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I teach at uh, Spire fitness studio. That's how I met Janelle and Rachel. Um, I'm one of the lead cycle instructors there. And then I also work for a nonprofit called Cure SMA. And I work with families that have children that were born with spinal muscular atrophy. Um, And I work with the newly diagnosed families, kind of connecting them with other families that are going through similar experiences with them. So um, it's a really great job. It's really rewarding. And it's taught me a lot about to self-worth too, about being a big advocate for yourself and for those around you that you may not have the voice to speak up. So yeah, it's a little about me. Awesome. And where do you feel like you're uh, putting most of your self-worth or receiving a lot of your self-worth right now? I don't, I don't really know. I'm hoping to maybe like figure that out. Like I always feel like I'm talking about how important self-worth is to myself, but I feel like I may not be doing as much as I could be doing. So hoping to maybe tap in and be like, oh, that's where it is. So that's awesome. I love that answer. And it's very fair. Cool. Who would like to go next? I can go. Um, How's it going? My name is Jack. Um, I'm here in Dallas. I am a producer slash artist uh, doing the electronica indie 
genre of music. Um, so yeah, that's a, a fun journey in itself. A uh, nice little entrepreneurial endeavor, creative uh, journey. Um, in terms of self-worth, I think recently the areas have been just kind of finding like I know this is like a skill but like my identity and like being unique um and truly being true to myself and like using using influences and inspiration but still making um my own thing and like being confident in that so yeah <laughs> sure thanks Lizzie yeah well my name is Lizzie. I'm also in Dallas, Texas. Um, that's how I met Rachel, who then introduced me to Janelle. So thank y'all for inviting me back. Really appreciate it. Had a good time the first time. This is going to be fun. And for me, I'm currently in another career transition. So just exploring what that looks like. It's been really interesting, I think, to navigate that in a pandemic. And um just trying to figure out what feels really good to me, what's also fulfilling, but also um, finding a company or people to work for who also value me and um, to where that's really aligned, I think has been interesting for me to explore. And that's where a lot of my self-worth practice is in currently, I think is in this job and this career transition. Um, I'm not new to transitioning careers but this is the first time for me where I feel like I'm really looking for something that is very valuable and um that also values me like I said before so we're in a very similar spot over here Lizzie but we I'm sure we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that and okay this is going to be one of those annoying questions like in the massive city do you guys know each other Lizzie I always want to say numsy, but I can't, I can't call you Jack. No. <laughs> no, okay. No. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if like uh, no, just because really. there's a connection. I'm like, do you know each other? Okay. Anyway. No, but now no. we do. Now we do. Now you yeah, do. we do. Cool. I, I didn't you. think I so. <laughs> cool, Rachel. Where are you uh, currently playing yeah. the self work? I'm gonna say we should answer too. Um. Okay. I woke up this morning and was like we're having a conversation on self-worth. Like, what do, what, what do I think about this <laughs> today? And, um, what came up for me was a bunch of things, but, um, the first time I recognized, oh, I think I noticed my self-worth from a place of lack of self-worth. So Lizzie, when you were saying where my self-worth practice is right now, I was like, oh, that totally resonates with me because, I don't necessarily think I play with self-worth from a place of, no, I haven't. I have not played with self-worth from a place of like its existence. I'm like playing with where it lacks. And so the first time I ever experienced that like consciously was with a profession, with professional. Um, I chose to left, leave Lululemon corporate and um, it was the first time that I realized, like I had been in advertising, I was like big, you know, going for the titles and the dollar signs. And um, I was like, I have to figure out how to know I'm okay, even if I don't have that. And so I went to like an hourly job and I forced myself into being in the terrifying situation and like knowing that I was still okay. Um, and that's right when I met Janelle. And then 
I was like, cool, I'm good. Like, I know my self-worth. And then it moved, it transitioned into relationship. And so I actually have just, in December, I left my relationship of seven years. And with a full realization of like, I, I had given my life. And so I think that's where I notice when I've given my life to something or I feel like I've lost myself, that's when I recognize that I've, I'm disconnected from my self-worth. Um, and then that transitioned quickly from Dylan to my family. So then I was like realizing living with my, I moved in with my parents at 38 and I was like, oh, so now I've made my, my family my new area of worth. <laughs> and then that kind of blew up a little bit a week ago. Um, and then yesterday, two days ago, I shaved my head, <clears throat> which I, I realized is like a season, a seasonal thing that I do. It's the fourth time I've done it. And um, in shaving my head, I realized, oh, this is me really trying to disconnect from my worth that I've, that I've overly tied to my looks and like making sure that I look a certain way in order to be accepted. And so I think I'm always in this fluctuating place. Um, and I have some other thoughts, but I'll leave it at that because, um, yeah, it's, it's a, kind of been a moving target. I feel like I'm like chasing the bunny around the track and each loop is like a different shade of bunny. And I'm like, oh, now I'm chasing that self worth. So that's been kind of interesting. So yeah, that's my experience so far. Totally. Very similar here. I feel like my self worth will just shift from different area. Like I'll touch on one and I'm like, no, I'm not getting my self worth from there. And then it just sort of slides into another area, whether it be career or money or relationships or even creative pursuits it just sort of like slides from one to the next and really having to check myself um because in 2020 I don't know I like not that this is some groundbreaking phrase but I heard someone else say it it was just like asking yourself um like is this a lower high worth decision when you're playing in different areas and I ask myself that a lot now and when the answer is no it's not a high worth, you know, area or I'm like, it wouldn't be a high worth decision than like trying to figure out what would be. Um, but it is very external for me. Cause again, it just, yeah, it's like chasing the bunny in a different arena that I'm like moving to a different area then. And like, I'll make a high worth decision and be like, yay. And then notice that I'm still like, Oh, this happened. And now it's affecting my worth. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a constant ongoing, in the moment battle to see where I'm getting it from and what's what's happening. But I would say lately, cause Lizzie also, um, I've been unemployed for six months. So that is like a whole, you know, I've always had a job since I was 14. So from a financial standpoint, from a, how I spend my time, from like thinking that my career is where I put a lot of worth and then not having any of it. Um, that has been interesting to see myself detach my worth from a career and love it but then also <laughs> I mean I need a job but <laughs> I mean um but then also see like where I'm again transitioning that worth to somewhere else in my life and like trying to fill um basically the void of like okay you don't get your worth from a job so where are you going to get your worth now and what are you going to do um and that has been interesting to see because that I think has always been my primary source of worth so I have a question.
question. If you're, because it's interesting, I just heard you saying where you're putting your worth, but what I had thought about this morning was like, if self-worth is like an unconditional element, almost like I had this realization last year that love, I was treating love as like a conditional experience, but it's actually like an unconditional thing. And then there are situations that can be conditional. I might be talking to myself, so if I am, just be like, back the train up. Um, but so if self-worth is actually an unconditional experience that is ever present, when you are outsourcing that worth, what would you call that? I was like, because my self-worth isn't actually in this thing outside of me. It's actually always here. And so when I'm outsourcing it, it's actually not self-worth. That's something else. And so I was trying to, I was like, what is that? Like identity confirmation or like, I don't know. For me, when I can name it, then I can be like, oh, I'm not in self-worth right now. I'm in this other thing. So I just, I just am throwing it out there. And I maybe went really deep for 6 a.m. in a California time for me, but that's who I am. So I'm here for it. <laughs> Any I'm thoughts? Curious. I, I was like, I'm curious if the group has thoughts. I can make something up. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's an interesting question. That's a very deep dive question. I mean, the first, brain. <laughs> I, the first thing I thought about was like, you're taking your self-worth and what you're, when you're outputting it, it's like you're in, I would think you would be calling it like you're investing in something like you're finding ways to grow your self-worth by attaching it to something else. So attachment or investment, um, that's kind of like what I thought of. And that's what you're doing then with your life. You're investing it in something to add to yourself. Yeah, I, I, I see a huge, I think like they're like, uh, like the same thing, like identity confirmation and self-worth to me are like the same thing because it's like, it's you. And so like, once you know yourself, like your identity, it's like, oh, that's like what I am, like what I'm like worth. Like that's been a big, um, like, yeah, I've, I like come to realization, like I keep harping on this, but that's like a skill that like I've been like trying to work on and it's like advancing. It's like trying to be the best at a lot of things without advancing like my own self-interest to like find like a proper self-worth. Like, I feel like that, that's kind of me paraphrasing like a, a a quote from a guy that I, I can't name his name because it's like really confusing. It's like Michal like Chiakovsky or something like that. But it's I've came to, upon that principle and it's like that's helping me like getting more comfortable with like being confident and like doing my thing and like putting myself more out there and like honestly just being more genuine. But I think that's like that's like the same thing as like identity confirmation slash self-worth. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> well, I, so I actually felt like, I think they're different. I think self-worth is different from identity confirmation because to me, identity confirmation or seeking to gain skills within the world is a part of a construct that I'm curating that is like who, how, how I want to show up in the world or who I think I want to be or what maybe feels good for me. 
But self-worth to me, I think, permeates any of it to the point where if I was, you know, I think of like the worst expression of what you could show up up, up as for you. Like I could, and you know, for me, I, I, I'm trying to think of that, but for whatever that is for you, that I could sit in that and still know that I'm worthy. Like that to me is what self-worth is, or that's what I was thinking when I was going to the bathroom this morning. Like that's actually what self-worth is, is that if everything that I want to be me is taken away or, you know, I do stuff that makes it go away, I still know that I'm okay because I just am, because I hear I'm existing. Um, so yeah, all of a sudden I was just like, whoa. So then what is that other stuff that's just like curation confirmation? <laughs> like, I don't know. Lizzie, I'd love to know your thoughts. Well, I was, I, I, when you first brought it up, I was curious if you meant, if you meant like your, receiving or you're putting your self-worth you're putting that value into something outside of yourself and so it's not really in that case about you then it's like you're and this is you generally but in my mind in my experience just personally and then when I was working in counseling it's like if if you're expecting outside motivators extrinsic motivators to feel who you are to give you this sense of worth then what is the what's the disconnect because essentially self-worth is what you said it's like should all be in you of you with you but if you are if you're pulling from somewhere else or if you get stuck in a place where you feel you need that external piece to give you value then then yeah, there has, then there's some sort of disconnect there. And that's where I, that's what I was curious when you first brought it up. Like, is that what you're getting at? Is it coming from this place of, I have moments where I look to X, Y, Z outside of me, and then I feel worse, like that cause and effect, or are you asking about yourself? I think, yes, I think I have historically done that. But what I'm realizing is that I don't think that actually is self-worth. That is, yes that's like something else that's like I don't know is that narcissism <laughs> I think it's no I think it's <laughs> I don't know if there's I don't have a label of it so generally you might have a better label but um I think a lot of people do that without realizing it and I don't think that's bad by any means I feel like that honestly that that's how we've we're we've grown up that's how we've seen these examples of self-worth is that you need it from other you need to fill your life up with all these other things in order to feel this in value of ourselves worth in ourselves um and it takes a lot of work to like break it down to not lean on those other outside things and I've lost my train of thought of like where I'm going with this or like <laughs> what you feel with it it's good. But, um, it good yeah I think it's external validation. I get to answer last. Yeah. Yes. The validation of self from external. What do we think? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> As someone who loves external validation, <laughs> I think maybe that's why <laughs> I, I've been playing with that. Because yeah, it is. Like Lizzie, you were saying, it's like these things outside of yourself that you are looking to validate you that says, I'm worth it. I have a reason to be here. 
I, there was a, like a couple points in time during, I mean, it's still happening, but like early COVID um, where I was on walks with friends and a lot of my friends in San Luis Obispo, like we all got laid off and lost our jobs. And we were having those conversations of like, sometimes I would just feel like I was sucking up resources. Like that was the only thing I was doing with my day, you know, and that piece of not having the external validation of like at the time I was single. So I didn't have a romantic relationship. I didn't have a job. I wasn't making any money. I didn't have a home anymore. <laughs> like, you know, all the things outside of myself, like to Lizzie, to your point that we get validation from, or from like the job stampies, it was like, I am contributing to society. I am offering something or in a relationship, it's like, I am giving this person love or being there for them. And like when you're just on your own like that, I was like, I am sucking up resources and <laughs> doing nothing with my day. And that that's not actually true, but um, that was like a big shift and a, a changing point for me of like, okay, if self-worth comes internally without all these other things, yeah, where, like, what does it actually look like to know that even if I'm not really contributing in traditional ways to society that I like my presence in the world is still valuable I don't know (laughs) thank you I that literally I'm like external validation that's totally what it is I, my heart is calm now. <laughs> I got you, girl. Actually, I thought of you, Rachel. This has nothing to do with the conversation, but I was in uh, the hot springs having a conversation with someone and we were talking about intuition and what is the opposite of intuition, which is a whole other conversation. But we spent probably an hour, yeah, an hour trying to figure out what the opposite of intuition was. So I think I, I was warmed up for this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I would also say that... Um, I think to go not so deep on the opposite end, when I was first, like the first time I ever felt, well, I guess I'll ask you, I would love to hear from each of you, like when, can you like pinpoint when you felt self-worth and what it felt like for you? Like, how do you know that you're in self-worth? Taking a quick break from the podcast to let you know that we have True North Collective merch. We're super pumped. They are the cutest sweatshirts with the True North Collective logo on them. If you haven't seen them, we've been posting pictures on Instagram at the True North Collective underscore. If you are interested in getting your own and we would be so honored if you wanted to rock our swag, send us a direct message DM on Instagram again at the True North Collective underscore and we can let you know how to get set up with some True North Collective merch. We love you all. We appreciate your continuous support. Let's jump back into the podcast. When I know I'm in self-worth, that that's kind of interesting because like I've I've got like an insatiable appetite too for like I think I've gotten like a lot better like not seeking external validation like over the years. Um, but obviously that's still gonna be ever present because like you know I'm a human being. <laughs> I'm not like a robot or anything. Like that's just gonna be there. But um, like talking with people like that I trust and like know like some of my good friends like BK or like my best friend from college that like know me well and like 
being able to be like transparent and like being able to like bounce off of them people's perception of me like outside of my own perception and like like what like truly like people like how they view me and like from that like getting a perspective of like how I'm viewed from others eyes is interesting to me and like like I think like I've never really like seen myself as like somebody like super confident but like I think that's like to a degree like a perception that like I'm viewed as in others eyes which is just super weird because it's like again like I've kind of got like a like a perfectionist like attitude and still like I'm always like trying to like do better and better and better and, and like I'm never like super satisfied um but like after like talking with like people I trust like they kind of like paint a picture of like oh like this is like this is actually like how like others view you and like it's like yeah I don't know it's like a neat thing to see um which is like kind of neat because it's like oh like that's like realigned with like my inner compass and like kind of like my direction it's like oh like it's I'm like doing something right in that regard um so yeah, I don't know yeah like I kind of pull like like a lot of my self-worth from like just others perceptions which in a way is still external validation <laughs> hilariously enough but it's not I don't know it's not like it's weirdly like it's still kind of selfish in a way but also like more of like a curiosity I would say um just because I think that's like a really hard thing to like learn and see is just like how like how am I viewed actually so yeah I it reminds me of a conversation we started to have in the collective two nights ago and it a lot of times it's hard for us to see our own gifts and the things that we bring to the world so, and maybe Jack like tell me if I'm putting words in your mouth but sometimes when other people see it and share it you're like, oh, I do like, I do bring that to the table. Um, yeah, and totally. it can be, yeah, it can be harder to like, cause sometimes the things that we're so good at or the things that we do, like we downplay because they're so innate to us that we don't even notice. We're like, oh, everyone must be able to do this because I do it so effortlessly. But when someone else is like, Hey, like not everyone does that. Or like you have something that other people don't, then you're like, oh, like that is more unique to me. Is that accurate? Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, I think for me, when it comes to self-worth, I feel the most in it. When I'm like able to speak up for myself and say what it is that I want, it sounds really generic and quotable. I feel like we hear all those things. <laughs> They're like, stand up for yourself or say what you want. Um, and it took me a really long time to, to do that and to feel that and to feel like, yes, what I say matters. And um, I still have moments where I talk myself out of it or it's like, I don't need to speak up and I can just ride the ride. But as I get older and the more that I think about it and practice it, it's like, I would never get anywhere I wanted to go if I could, you know, never spoke up for myself or if I continued to to put that on the back burner. So it definitely still takes a lot of effort, but for me, like that's where I feel like I really value who I am. Katie, how about you? 
Well, I mean, I guess one thing that I've been trying to actively do over the past year is like, I'm definitely the typical, no worries. If you can't do it, I'll do it. And I was investing in so many other people's worth to make sure that they were happy before my own. Um, and I just, I was looking for validation from them that they were happy with what I gave them. And I've kind of started to learn that I need to speak up and say no and value myself more. Like I have experienced so many different forms of burnout, um, both physically and mentally, especially at jobs, which, which like is interesting enough. Like when we all introduced ourselves, we all introduced ourselves by saying like what our job was. And that's immediately, that's where you're pinning your most self-worth is how you explain yourself. Like nobody says, hi, I'm Katie. I like cooking and reading. It's like, hi, I'm Katie. I work at this job and do this. This is where all my energy goes. And so I've been working very actively on trying to say no more or letting people know I'm really effing tired. Like I need a break, especially like when working at a gym that opened up after all this had happened, you, it was like, go nonstop all the time. I was teaching like 12 classes a week. My body was literally falling apart. And I, but because people were like, oh, I'm not ready to come back. And I was like, no worries. I'll cover your class. Do this. And finally, I just had to say, I'm tired. I need a break. It's somebody else's turn um, to help out. So I've been just trying to value myself with my attachments and trying to know that they're not what takes over my life. I take over that. And if I need to back out or if I need to find what fills my cup more to make sure that I'm actively working towards that. Yeah, you said, I think right out of gates, something around self-advocacy and like that was like, oh, totally. Like that to me, I think you just nailed it. For, for me today, I'm like, there's a Mark, Gro Mark Groves quote and or or prompt um I did a boundaries course of his last year and in it one of the questions that he asked was if you were operating from a place of self-worth right now what would you do differently and it was actually probably the moment where I realized that I had given every like I was attached to my part my relationship and I had totally lost myself and I was like whoa and I started the journey towards I think I was self how to self advocate within my relationship. Um, so I love that language. So I appreciate that. I think that that really resonates for me. I had very similar overlap to a lot of what you said. I said saying no and showing up for myself despite the outcome because mm -hmm. that is. I think that's the harder part. Like I've been saying no to a lot of things, and Lizzie, you had mentioned career searching, and I've been either like pricing myself out of jobs or um, just realizing that like not a value fit or I wouldn't be happy there long-term. And it has been interesting because it, it can feel so powerful to say no in the moment. It's like, fuck yeah, I said, no, I'm worth more. And then, you know, 24 hours later, I'm like, Ooh, but I still don't have a job and how am I going to pay my bill? <laughs> you know? And then you're like, Oh shit, shit, shit. Should I have said yes? And just like uh, over and over again, even for, you know, certain things, it's like, then you're second guessing yourself. Cause like Jackie, you mentioned speaking your truth and it's like, I'll, you know, speak my truth, but I think I'm worth 
financially, which could be a whole nother conversation, right? Too, when you're negotiating a salary and I mean, you're tying your worth to a salary amount. Um, and then you're like, oh, should I have just gone lower? Because now they might say no to me and now I might not to get the job. And that like the, the outcome piece of being able to say no and even relationships, it's like asking for what you want in a relationship. And then the person's like, oh, I can't give you that. And you're like, oh, wait, just kidding. <laughs> you know, like I take it back, I take it back. But, uh, <laughs> but not really, right? Um, so that has been interesting. Like the saying no and then being okay with the outcome that people, things, jobs might and probably will fall away when you stand in your worth. Because people also don't like it. Like we like doormats. Doormats are easy. <laughs> you know, like people that are just like, yeah, I'll do that for you. Yeah, I'll do that for you. And then someone like Rachel put like, you know, you said boundaries, like puts up a boundary or stands in their self-worth and we're like, wait, huh? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, <laughs> come again. Um, and like some people don't, want to deal with that or like jobs don't want to deal with that or you know whatever platform it is um so getting used to the outcome of self-worth has been interesting for me too yeah I'll just I'm gonna harp on that like I've definitely been in a situation where I've been like this past year and like living situation I've been like the yes guy and like have like handled so much maintenance and like fixed like broken pipes and like got like AC like back up and like it's been like mentally exhausting those are just a few examples but like it's it feels like I've been like the guy just like doing everything and like recently I'm like actually like this month I'm like moving out and so like that living situation has been a thorn in my side and so I'm actually like simplifying my situation and like going to like a smaller spot with like less people and like it's just like not as great as a location, but it's just like smarter and like it'll make me have less worries. Um, like, like I have to worry less about people. Like I'm moving in with one of my best friends from childhood who's like, he's just a guy like I can just genuinely trust. Um, and just based on the circumstance, that's like kind of what happened, um, which previously like I wasn't even aiming for like that whole situation. I was like trying to get a whole nother big house that was going to be in this dope location in East Dallas and like it's going to be like this three-story townhome type thing and it was going to be great and it fell through and so I'm like okay I'll just go live in like this two-bedroom house type thing so I don't know I think like perhaps like for me like instead of like trying to do all these crazy things and like and being like the yes man it's like I like took a step back to like simplify it and like take a breather and like I don't know if that's like relatable but I just felt the need to share it. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been interesting. It's been a weird experience. Like just kind of like oh, like I gotta chill. Like I'm gonna just make stuff simpler to like be more focused on things that are more important to me. Yeah, I can relate just from like a standpoint of like I if you would have asked me five years ago where I wanted to be like a lot of what's here right now for me is what I want, but there it's not exactly what I want. <laughs> and so I'm like, mm, like it's not exactly the thing. It's not exactly the, this, it's not exactly the, that. And so I, I found myself getting really hung up on like the kind of what you were saying, like 
well, it's not the three-story one on East Dallas, so, like, it's shit. And and really having to go, like, hold on a second. (laughs) Hold on. You actually get to be with yourself right now. Like, you're not in a relationship. You have space to choose you and get to know yourself. You have an RV. It might not be the one that you wanted, but you have one. And, like, there's all these things that are, like, okay, let's just take a step back for a second And instead of nitpicking the things that are there because they're not exactly what you want, can you take a deep breath and then like use those things for me and actually like what it feels like is I'm like releasing my tie to what the, I guess the outcome to like what I thought it needed to look like in order to actually step into the life that's here and just enjoy it for what it is, like make it something that I I, I want it to be. Um, but it's like, it is such a process. Like I just get sucked in so quickly. I'm like, oh my God, stop. <laughs> well, and I feel like the, the, the simplifying, it's like letting go of the external in a way. Because I think for me and Jack, like if this isn't a line, I'll use your example, but like the three-story house is almost ego-driven, right? It's like, I live in this bomb-ass three-story house with all my homies. And um, and then you're like, totally. uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, I live in this two-bedroom with my friend, you know, and it like doesn't sound as cool. And, but the, the, like for me in my life, I think as I start to realize that, because again, there's like a lot of things that like sound cool right and then they're but they are more external validation driven and like really distilling down like the simplifying is distilling down to like what what do I really need to be mostly happy or to feel full or to feel like I have self-worth and like as you start to let go of the external there is almost like a reduction of noise that frees up space and for me then I'm checking in with myself a lot more and it is like yeah do I really want this like Rachel you talk about the RV and I wanted an Airstream for a long time and I still think I'll have one but I think part of it is just like Airstreams are fucking cool and and I'm like I can't get like a normal like you know more affordable one because it's not an Airstream and I'm like well no like you could also maybe at some point get an Airstream but like is there steps in between there that aren't ego driven that like will still get me what I want and part of my travels that I've been doing like I'm not traveling in anything (laughs) so right now I'm like traveling in no sort of RV um and yet like you know there's like this big jump between it's like no 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 RV or like an airstream but like why can't I do something in between and I'm realizing it's like an ego driven thing too of like well I think that's super cool and people think I'm cool and um so like just trying to yeah, distill it down and simplify to what we talk about essence versus form but like more of the essence of what I'm trying to get out of this experience for myself versus to be like hey look at me I'm cool over here and I appreciate Lizzie earlier you said it's not a bad thing because as much as I can say all like the right stuff inside me, I'm still making things good and bad. Um, <laughs> and so to like, I've been, it's been in the back of my mind since you've said like, it's not a bad thing to, let's just say to externally validate um, 
or to to like make some decisions from an ego place. And so I've been sitting with that like, oh yeah, I'm making that bad. Because sometimes my ego can get me to make a decision that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to make or see something that I couldn't have otherwise been able to see. Um, and so it almost like allows me to like go there. And But then if that's the only thing that I'm doing and I'm not regrounding in like detaching or whatever words you want to use, then I kind of get stuck there and I can't, I'm like latching on for like the love of everything. Like I need that thing. Um, so I, appre I appreciate that, that seed because I can also swing the pendulum and be like, Oh, I'm shit. I just operate from ego. Like what's wrong with you? And like, that's not true either. They're both good. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. And I think, I mean, it's, you said it so well, you have, you have to have a little bit of ego to make you take those steps. Like to Jack's point and to Janelle's point and your point too, Rachel, like and everyone's point really on here, like to take those steps to, to get to where you want to go. Like it might not be how you envisioned it, but y'all still took it versus just sitting back and being like, it's not perfect. So I'm just not going to, um, I mean, there is that side of it too. And I've definitely been caught up in that and just kind of like, waiting for the right thing and it never shows up um but you know the ego is good in a way too because it pushes you you're still like well I wanted to do this I told somebody that I was going to do it and now they think I'm going to do it so I need to do it um it still pushes you in that direction or it can push you in that direction I think if you let it so it, I mean I think you said it really well and it's probably like with everything you know you don't swing to the extremes, you know, kind of like have a little bit of both and hang out there. Totally. I was going to ask the group about career because Katie had mentioned it, Lizzie had mentioned it, Jack, I feel like with your, your producing career, you had mentioned it. Like, what is your experience with self-worth and career? Well, one of the, I think one of the first times that I really, really realized my own self-worth was I was at a job that I thought was my dream job. And it turned out that the environment that was created there totally just ruined everything I had ever wanted to do. Um, and the people I worked with were really difficult. And the, I remember my like aha moment was we were flying to Costa Rica our plane had just been struck by lightning. We made an emergency landing in Chattanooga, Tennessee, instead of Atlanta. We missed our connecting flight. We were not getting to Costa Rica anytime soon. And I opened my phone as work because we're just killing time. And I had an email from my boss where he was like, well, you didn't really hit your February goals. Even though I had been told I couldn't work the first two weeks of February, because it was Valentine's Day, and I had to pour all my energy into Valentine's Day, and doing all this, because I was, I was a florist, so Valentine's Day was a really, obviously, the biggest day of the year for flowers, and so, and we, and I had to book a certain amount of weddings every month, and I didn't hit that goal, because we were told we couldn't do that for the first two weeks. And then I went on vacation for two weeks and he goes, well, I mean, there's still time for you to try to get that right now. I was like, my plane literally just got struck by lightning. I'm done with this bullshit. And I, and I quit like two months later. And I remember this was the first time I'd ever spoke up when I had like my exit interview 
And I went off. Like normally I'm like, oh, it's such a great place. Like, thank you so much for the opportunity. No, I was like, you undermined my skills. You worked me to the bone. You did this, you did this, and you did this. And they were kind of like, oh, we didn't realize that we did all that. And I, for the first time ever, I had somebody apologize to me in a position of like management above me. But I just remember getting off that plane and reading that email. And I said, I can't, I can't continue to be the doormat anymore. And that's when I kind of realized for the first time how important self-worth is and how to be an advocate for yourself. And um, like self-worth and advocacy are kind of go hand in hand, but being an advocate is a lot harder than saying that you're trying to get something for self-worth. So that was my big wake up moment. And I was like, I can't keep doing these jobs that I think other people will like, and it will make me look cool. Cause I like, Ooh, I was like, I'm going to be professional wedding florist. Like think of all the content I'm going to get. And then that, why was I doing this job that was making somebody else happy? It was not making myself, myself happy. And it kind of just goes the terms to like how social media can really play in your self-worth because you're seeing somebody's 30 second video clips and you're tying that to their entire life. And you're like, their life is perfect. I need to get on that level. I need to buy this workout set. I need to get this, this job. I need to go on these vacations, but you're just clicking through someone's life. You're establishing your own self-worth by tying it to what you're clicking on the screen. And I realized that you need to step away from social media. It's a very toxic place and it destroys your self-worth. Um, as somebody who's recovered from an eating disorder, I get very triggered by social media. And I think one of my also biggest factors for self-worth is knowing that I can turn off something and focus back in on me, that it's not permanently there. And it's just a, a flash in the pan, essentially. So it's, you just have to find what you can do to turn off other people's thoughts of yourself and turn yours back on. Love that visual. I also liked, well, I didn't, I don't know if liked it was the right word, but you had said something like sometimes like self-worth and it like doesn't feel like a quote unquote good enough reason to do something, right. which is interesting because yeah, our society and like how we've historically done things doesn't necessarily be like, Hey, I'm going to do this because I want to feel like I'm worthy of more. Like, I think we're starting to applaud it more, but on the surface, like people are like, uh, what? <laughs> um, so that is, it's like an interesting call out that I've struggled with too. Like choosing me doesn't seem like the, I don't know, the, like a good enough reason, which is so silly. Cause yeah. like, what else is there? Like to, other than to choose yourself sometimes. And it's such like a fine line too of like actually promoting that you're investing in your self-worth, especially too sometimes as a female, if you're like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not taking this. It's like, you're a bitch. You have an attitude problem. And all you do is think about yourself. So that's really hard. Um, and I think we do have some extra barriers when it comes to um, pushing our own self-worth because so many people just want to drag you down, which I think is really hard too. Well, and to add to what you were saying, um, both of you were saying, um, 
if you are having that conversation with somebody who doesn't operate from a place of self-worth, they aren't going to be able to understand it. And they are going to project those, I'm going to call them defense mechanisms because I, like I'll, I'll say I, like when people have come to me advocating for themselves, when I haven't been in a place of self-worth, I'm like, what the fuck? I would, I, I don't get to do that. I have, you know, and I, I can hear that in some of the, like, I don't want to call anyone out, but like people in my life who have been like, when I have self-advocated and they're like, well, I didn't get to do that. So no. And so it does require, you know, always, it's always like come back to self, the more each of us is. And then to stop that cycle, which I think I hear you doing beautifully, Katie, is to just keep regrounding and like, no, I'm not a selfish bitch. I'm not, uh, you know, all these words, which may or may not be being said to me. It might be a perception that I have. Um, I'm going to keep regrounding in, nope, I'm going to operate from self-worth. I'm going to keep operating from self-worth. I'm going to keep regrounding in that because the only way it changes is like, it's got to start somewhere. And if we're not going to do it for ourselves, regardless of what's going on around us, then we're just going to keep swinging back into the game. Um, so we are interrupting this episode really quickly to let you know that this week is the third week of March. What does that mean? That means it's the third Thursday of March and we have The Collective, our monthly free community gathering where we get together and have conversations just like the one we're having in this episode. The Collective is going to be on Thursday, March 18th at 7.30 Central Standard Time and we're gonna be chatting about the contrast looking at all the different facets of ourselves, even the ones that seem like they're in direct contradiction of one another, and examining and getting curious on how we can hold space for all the different parts of ourself. We would love to have you join. We'll drop a link in the show notes where you can sign up on Eventbrite for free. We would love to see you all there. And let's jump back into the podcast. I hear that, um, everybody's comments because I've I've been in a position really similar to you Katie where I was pushed really hard um it was my first job out of grad school thought I was supposed to be doing what I went to grad school for um and was just like pushed so hard and I was just not a good fit and I left and felt really one it felt weirdly good to stand up for myself in that regard it was the first time and definitely not the last time um, I switched a career, but it was just interesting to to have that moment. But I also did feel really lost. I think I wasn't quite as empowered as you, um, you know, at that time and being able to confidently feel like that. I don't need that role and um, I don't need those people. But I think over time, as I've worked in different areas and have just done a lot of personal growth too it's it gets easier to really recognize especially when you've been in those toxic environments to recognize when your workplace is for lack of a better term like sucking the life out of you or you know and like changes you you can can literally change you and um and not in the best way sometimes it can really elevate you and sometimes it can really drain you and I think it's so important to to have that sense of like moral compass and um, to always try and pursue something that will help 
you feel that worth and feel that value. I mean, we're not always lucky to find that. And I think at that point, you know, you have to really evaluate is like, and then I get worth from other places. Um, and that's obviously like really situational for everybody. But I think that when you're navigating a career, it's so important to speak up for yourself and to really come from that place of advocacy because not everybody does it and it's scary and it's uncomfortable. But um, I, I mean, I think we'll all be better in the long run, as cheesy as that is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and sometimes it's hard too. just like even listening in this conversation, how much we're tying our self-worth to a career. Like we were not born to work, like, but we all have to because we have to survive. And that's the way you survive is you have a job. And so I think listening to this conversation is kind of starting to frame my idea of what I need to put into myself to get my self-worth in the year 2021 and it's 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 introducing and it's explaining myself by not tying my job to my introduction my life bio I'm not going to say hi I'm Katie I work this I work three jobs I do this I do this I do this I need to tie my self-worth to like I'm Katie like I love taking my dogs for walks I love outdoors like I love Dairy Queen like those are what makes my self-worth more worth it right there is, and not my job. So I think that it's kind of sparking like a realization moment too, that all of us were tying every, when we're answering our questions about our self-worth, we're like, this job was terrible. It's like, that's not our self-worth. Our self-worth needs to be something that fills us up and not something that fills our pockets with a paycheck essentially preach you know it's really humbling when people are like what are you doing you're like i'm unemployed yeah. <laughs> and then we're like oh i'm so, i'm like no it's all good living the dream it's all good <laughs> I mean, it's all good and it's not all good but again yeah like there's nuances to that but yeah that's like the the very humbling moment of like and then everyone gives you that look and you're like it's cool it's chill yeah it's fine i'm fine i'm good I'm fine <laughs> jack what about for you yeah i I have I have an interesting perspective on it um just cuz uh my like first like corporate job I like worked out of college and then quit after a year and a half to be an artist um and I mean I can I'm oh, sorry my cat's right here he's making a lot of noises <laughs> um yeah I don't know like I if I reflect back on that time it was like I I was coming from kind of like a like I guess bougie like kind of era aristocratic community like it was coming from ut like the fraternity scene like had a lot provided for me and was like i don't know you're like kind of like the top dogs and then like you get into like the workforce and you're just like just kind of like another cog in the machine and it's like i can i can either like just kind of work this corporate ladder and like do the same thing or like i can go try to be like what i like myself like a creative guy and like try to do the most things like I, I don't know I feel like taking the leap to be like an artist like producer for me was like the move because like that's the where I know I can like find the most success um and so I don't know if I I mean I'm I'm still kind of young in the whole journey <laughs> um and so I don't know if it's like a it's like the greatest example but it's kind of easier for me to now look back on it because it's just like I'm of the view that if you, which 
I don't know if people view it naive, but if like you put your like intentions out to the universe, like either it's going to like keep doors open or like close doors and like regardless, like it'll keep you like right onto the path as long as your intention is like set. Um, and so for like, for me, it's like my intention is like to be like an artist producer and I mean, so far, like I've had things like weirdly come come about to where it's like keep going for it, and like do you don't need to worry about like this, like money and like security and like like an easy example is like the recent living situations, like simplify this so like you can be more focused on this. And I don't know if that's like a mindset thing, and like where I'm still all focused in on like trying to do this this art artistic endeavor, or if it's just just pure coincidence but I don't know that's my viewpoint on it um I mean and I I, I work part-time at Lulu to like you know pay bills and like live within the means but I don't know I, that's that's my out my perspective it's never really been I think I've branched away from like being like my self-worth attached to like my job purely based on me like leaving a like formalized corporate job so early on <laughs> um it's like something I've kind of just like like let go and it's not something I'm like I don't know I mean I have like a lot of friends that are like doing well in finance but it's not something like I seek it's just like I'm doing my thing like I want to see like how many people I can like impact with this sound and like give them this like wild uh perspective and like I want them to be like whoa what is that like I've never heard that before like that's super weird and like I don't know I have I just have a, a different I feel like a little weirder perspective just because of like me kind of breaking away from that early on so yeah <laughs> dude I love your conviction towards your dream <laughs> every time I'm around you I'm just like fuck yes like oh <laughs> Just give me a little bit of like jack juice in my arm so I can like that's great. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's not without it's obviously it has its all it has its all own like struggles and whatnot. For sure. But, yeah. <laughs> There's a dude that I follow um who is a professional basket <clears throat> basketball player <clears throat> um who like basically lived in a very small town in Alaska. And I'll link him in the show notes, but I've been following his story and he, on his, on route to becoming a professional basketball player, he was just like, it, it's so easy to just assume that it's easy once you're there, but it's like, it took so much. I had to like give so much to commit to the lifestyle of becoming that. And then ultimately he got there and realized it's not what he wanted. <laughs> which is I love that story I'm like oh my god this is so amazing because like what's the biggest fear you like put all this shit into your like this thing that then is what you want and you're like shit now what <laughs> so anyways I'll link it with the show notes this is amazing um but I love your conviction it's like typing Thank my you. notes like, <laughs> chasing your own dream I um I want this person to come on the podcast but and hopefully he does and we can share his story a little bit more but as far as like being expensive and and similar to that um videographer works like a couple hours a week freelancing lives in an rv and then just travels around and i think it's been really expensive for me 
to meet him and hang out with him because it's like on the surface again it's like you basically live out of your like rv car you're not making that much money you don't work that much and we were joking he's like yeah all my friends kind of like treat me like i'm you know homeless <laughs> like, you know and like don't have it he's like i'm you know i'm living simply like jack to your point like he's like he's stripped everything away that doesn't matter and lives a very simple life but a life that is super fulfilling and has like aspects of what he's looking for and is fulfilling and that he's passionate about and like sometimes i'm like man like do the rest of us have it i mean it's different for everyone but like do we have it all wrong like am i chasing all these things that i don't even really want and if i just let go of that and like simplify am i going to find that i mean i think i have in this travel journey but that i need so much less than i thought i did and I don't know. Anyway, that was kind of a side tangent, but the, the passion, the conviction and the chasing the dream and like it not really being exactly what you think it's going to be, um, resonates with me. Resonates. That's, is that how you say that word? Resonates. Resonates. Yeah. Resonates. <laughs> There's a guy in, um, an artist, I think he's Swedish and he did, he created this thing called the happiness project as an exhibit that was in Vancouver when I was there. <clears throat> and he spoke, not that we're necessarily talking about happiness, but um, similarly, he was like, there actually is a point of diminishing returns when you reach a certain amount of money. And it was like, I mean, it was five years ago, maybe more, but not that long ago. It's like $75,000. If you make more than $75,000, your happiness actually starts to decline after that. And I stood at that part of the exhibit for like, probably way too long. They're probably like, keep going, lady. But I was just like, holy shit. Like, and right after that, 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 I think that was, I actually hadn't realized it until just now that coupled with the job that I had at the time was, um, I was <clears throat> the director of brand for, uh, uh, Lululemon brand called Aviva, which is, um, young girls athletic wear. And I would, we would go on these design rallies and, talk to the girls themselves and be like, <clears throat> what do you want? What are you, what are you, what are you doing? What are you interested in? What gear do you need for that? And the stuff that they would say, it was like this unfiltered, like, I'm going to become the best program, get like, make the best video games that ever existed. And, or I'm going to like cure this disease that I didn't even know. I'm like, how do you even know that that is a disease? Like, it's just like mind blowing. And then I'd go home at the end of the day and look in the mirror and be like, what are you doing, Rachel? And and so I, those two things, I, I left. I mean, I left that trajectory because I was like, where I'm headed is not what I want. And I don't know, I don't know what that is going to mean. But I, I think similar, Jack, that I was just like, I now don't have self-worth tied to career. Like I'm, I'm pretty like, I know that what's going to shake out is going to shake out. I probably have it a little bit more tied to money at times than the career. Um, yeah, I would say money is the thing that is probably that I'm still working on. But um, the career piece, I I feel really like I'm really detached and like I feel connected to my passion. Um, or if it my passion changes, that I can follow the passion and not have to worry about the form which is kind of cool because that's not where I started. Um, but things like recognizing more, 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 more isn't actually 
more self-worth was like really cool things that kind of like broke, disrupted my pattern. And I like, was like, oh, the matrix, I see the matrix. I am going to take the red pill or whatever. <laughs> so that's my answer. <laughs> Can I ask another question? Um, I'm curious for the group, how does, or do you think it does, resentment or happiness relate to self-worth? So they're very, like two very different concepts, but I'll open it up. Resentment on one side and then like happiness on the other. Cause Rachel said, we're not really talking about happiness, but do we relate or connect happiness to self-worth? And the answer might be no. That's a, that's a tough one. Throwing them curveballs. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I mean, obviously when you're happy, you feel like your self-worth has been fulfilled and that you've reached a certain point of self-worth where you're like, all right, this is going in the right direction. Um, but I think too, if you hold on to resentment of things too long, it depletes your self-worth because um, you're spending so much time being angry at something else and that you're burning through so much of your own energy to make sure that this thing that you resent can't ever turn into a positive. So like if you resent somebody that you follow on social media because they're getting all these great goals and they're always traveling and they're always doing this and you're just like resent like have so much resentment against the lifestyle that they live because you wish it was yours you're just chipping away at your own self-worth because you're focusing so much on someone else um and when you put so much energy into focusing on like hating someone else or something else it's you're just making every part of you feel negative as well I guess so I don't know but happiness definitely does come with self-worth because you finally, once you reach out to someone or something to get your self-worth, you start to feel happy. You're like, oh, I did that. I did that for myself. Um, so I guess it just depends on where you focus your energy. Self-worth is energy essentially. So working towards that. I, I was going to say, I think maybe self-worth is the muscle, is the, I don't know, of the three things, it seems like the thing that I could play with is self-worth. And that would be like the muscle that I could build that would allow me to experience things that were felt happier, experience happiness or or the resentment. Like if I'm not practicing that muscle, then resentment would show up more. That's like what came up for me when you were talking is like happiness feels really elusive and it kind of just comes out of nowhere. So I don't know if I can really totally control that. <laughs> and resentment I could probably mitigate in some capacities, but the thing that I'm actually grounding in when I'm doing that is it would be self-worth of the three variables. So that's what came up for me. Yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of reminds me of something that I like to say in class a lot to clients when they're in their recovery track and everything. I 
say, I want you to tune into what's feeling weak, what's feeling tired, and I want you to tune into what's feeling stronger, what's feeling better. Use those strengths to lift up your weaknesses. And so if you're finding that you're feeling weak with your self-worth, your self-confidence and stuff, you have to tune into what's making you feel strong and lift those weaknesses up. So, and I think that helps elevate your own self-worth when you're finding the pendulum of your own mental health, physical health, what's feeling tired, what needs to take rest and spark it with your strengths. Like I like to say, turn that spark into a wildfire. Don't let anyone ever put your flame out. Um, and I think that kind of goes hand in hand now kind of with self-worth too. Just taking that, turn that spark into a wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of echo what Rachel, um, how Rachel put it in terms of like self-worth being the muscle and can lead you or guide you to experiences of happiness or um, can, could be fueled by experiences of resentment. I think when you first brought up the question, my first thought was, that they were fairly independent of each other. Um, I think people are guided to their self-worth journey through both positive and negative experiences. And I think it exhibits itself in positive and negative experiences. But I think um, however it comes to you, you know what that looks like. You know when you are like, oh, I need to work on this. Or like, I don't value myself enough to move forward in this direction. Um, at least that's how it's like manifested for me in the past. And yeah, but it was a really good question. Like I was really thinking, I was like, whoa, what is, I don't know. <laughs> Thoughts in the head. There's a lot of questions. There's not a lot of answers always. But <laughs> yeah, I had to collect my thoughts because I, I had to think about it. But yeah, there are definitely days, a lot of days, especially recently where it's like, if I don't like, like work towards music or like, yeah, like any type of progress in that regard, like it, I like resent, I'm like, yeah, I'm resentful. And then I'm like, am I like, am I a phony? Like, am I like, am I even like legit about this whole like idea of like being an artist? Like, am I like even committing myself? And then like, yeah, that can be like, can bring down like my happiness slash self-work towards like myself um so yeah that's an interesting concept but I think it's very like resentment is definitely very real and like for me it's like yeah if I'm not like working towards it like it makes me feel like less less worthy about the whole endeavor um which then I could also spin to like oh, I can also like make resentment like a chip on my shoulder too. And like the in Michael Jordan approach and be like, I'm going to like work towards this to like prove to others, which is a, a still in the like realm of self-worth, like external validation. Um, so yeah, I don't know like if I have like the total collected thoughts, but it's, it's definitely an interesting concept for me. Um, it definitely seems like when I'm, happiest it's like I have the most free flow of things and so like it's more of a question of like how do you get to that state of mind of like being happy to where like you don't have like any worries or in like external factors like seeping in and you're just like all honed in on something 
um that's like where like the best creative flow comes and like it's it's so much faster and quicker versus like when i'm resentful about and it doesn't even have to be like music related if it's like something external like like money or like a rooming situation like that will seep in and it's like i have such a like an active mind and like i'm so like emotionally involved that like my like lowest lows are very low and like it just like incapacitates the whole day to where it's like i can't i can't do this and then it's like another it's like another it's like a trickle down effect of like oh like i'm not like working towards this like what am i even doing so yeah i don't know those are just kind of my thoughts on that um it's definitely very real <laughs> yeah sure i always call that one the the leaking tire like i'm just like leaking air out of my tire right now over this like this thing and i'm like how do i patch it because like, i'm wasting so much energy and time um, so I've definitely been there many times <laughs> janelle what's your answer Ooh, okay well the resentment part came up because i think a lot of times when we are not in self-worth and it is coming from an external place i will resent people around me because I'm not standing in my own worth. Um, so it's, I think Rachel, you had mentioned something along that line, but let's say I'm in a relationship and I am self-sacrificing for that person and they're not willing to do it for me then, or even I guess if they are, but sometimes there'll be resentment because I'm not in alignment with my own worth and what I want. So that comes up. And then he started to share about happiness. And I was like, hmm, like that, that is interesting. Like, do I put any self-worth in happiness? Like in being happy more often than not. And I, I mean, I, I probably still do. I definitely think I have more so in the past, like thinking that I needed to be happy all the time. And if I wasn't happy, then I was doing something wrong. And I, I, my perspective has probably shifted on that from a lot of these conversations that we've had in the podcast. Um, but yeah, then I just started to get curious. I'm like, is my self-worth tied to my happiness? Cause it, I bet it is. If I think hard enough about it, I'll say it is <laughs> period. Yeah. I to kind of come full circle to my original deep drop at the beginning it's like what's coming through for me right now is that there's these um muscles i'll just keep saying that these muscles that i if i can work on them over the form and like trust in in like coming back to those core muscles like of trust of unconditional love of self-worth unconditional self-worth force I guess unconditional self-worth, human worth, um, those things influence how I show up and how the world shows up for me. And so when I'm trying to control the stuff outside of me so much, I actually am not focused on how I'm building and my relationship to my my trust and my unconditional self-worth or self, unconditional human worth and unconditional love. And 
So therefore they're being neglected. And now I'm just stuck out here with these things. And that's when like resentment and all this other stuff or a false sense of um, success or happiness comes up. Whereas if I can come back to just like those muscles, <laughs> that's where I, I believe um, things start to just, they ultimately inevitably shift and then like doors open and doors close. Like you were saying, Jack, that just fit with that. I'm not trying to force it. I allow it. Um, it's so much easier said than done, but that, that's kind of what I've been playing with is like for so long, I've been trying to get the formula outside of myself, right? That fits with the idea of who I think that I'm supposed to be. That's going to feel good. And like, I think that that in some capacities has worked and like on paper, it totally has worked and I'm a really good curator of my story. And so that also has, you know, worked um, until it's me sitting alone with myself and I'm really being honest with myself. Um, things are missing and those things that are missing seem to be like, like I said, these muscles that I'm like recognizing have atrophied and, um, that I can always come back to no matter what's happening. And they're, they exist outside of any of the forms that I've created for myself. Such a good conversation. You guys, ah, I'm so glad you wanted to play and do this know, with me because I've, again, thoughts in my head and questions in my head and no one to talk to about them. Um, any like final thoughts or things that are coming up around self-worth that you guys feel inspired to share? I liked, I liked Rachel's touch on like the formula, like trying to figure out the formula. Cause I think that's like very real. It's like something that's just like learned over the course of life. <laughs> you know, it's not like something like we can like figure out like the next day and we're like, I got it. Like, let's, I can figure it out now. Like I've, I've got it all figured out. Like, I feel like it's, it's like such a skill. That's just like such a prolonged journey type thing um which yeah I don't know that's like a weird piece of mind I have about it it's like oh like I realize this is like a, a skill in itself and like it's just gonna take time and like it's gonna be a long time so yeah I don't know <laughs> possibly your entire life in that formula yeah <laughs> pretty much <laughs> I mean I think I kind of said it before but how now I want to work more on tying my self-worth to things that are not working for someone else. Like, I'm not saying that my self-worth is being fulfilled by providing this service for somebody else, um, that my self-worth is being fulfilled by the things I like to do for myself, whether it's saying no so I can stay home by myself on a Friday night and not go out extrovert or introvert, or saying that I introduce myself as and give a like a really good book that I just read because my, that's what I enjoy doing is reading and that's my self-worth right there not and so just trying to not tie my self-worth to somebody else's self-worth I think for me what I have learned from this conversation is just like your self-worth evolves um, 
what I thought my practice was originally or how I first came to understand what my own self-worth was is so different from how it is now. It will be very different from how it will be, I don't know, later today, tomorrow. Um, and like recognizing that it looks different in forms. I think I had sort of come to this realization, like I did all this self-worth worth work um, in my mid twenties around like relationships and Ugh, that whole rabbit hole and then feeling like okay I like tightened like buttoned that up figured it out feel really good and then it's evolved and shown itself differently with my job or just with myself in my 30s um and needing to like recognize that I think is is what's coming up for me is like it might not look a certain way so maybe it doesn't feel like I need to work on it or that it's like right in my face but it doesn't mean that it's not there. It doesn't mean that there are um, avenues that need to be worked on. And so I'll probably spend the weekend really thinking about it. This is a great thing. <laughs> yeah. Any insights you have, if you're willing to share, I'm always interested. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So for a final question, how do you live your true North in full self-worth? I don't know, Rachel, you're going to nuance these, like... <laughs> What's the, what's the question? You did it. That's it. Did I do That's it? All right. How do you live your true north in one word in full self-worth? With full self-worth, with full self-worth. I feel like one of you guys needs to go first. It's something's coming to me, so I'm going to say it. It's more than one word, which I'm breaking my own. It's totally word. fine. We're breaking the rules. You're okay. realizing your self-worth by saying no and saying, I'm going to do this instead. <laughs> Thank you for that permission. I needed it. <laughs> Riding the wave. I almost bought a longboard that says riding the wave at the bottom of it. I still might. So <laughs> got you, girl. You totally should. Um, my word will be flow. Similar. Yeah, I like the word flow right now. It's awesome. I think I would choose strength. Um, I think I would pick passion for mine it's coming up for me is calm <laughs> you guys are awesome thank you so much for playing uh we really appreciate it i know i appreciate it again these are these are conversations that are near and dear to my heart and being able to just learn from you all and um you know hear other perspectives on the topic Totally. Yay. Thanks Thank for having you. us. <laughs> yeah, this has been great. What a yeah. great start to the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And make sure you're signed up for our mailing list. You can do that at the truenorthcollective.org to stay up to date on all of our resources, tools, and upcoming events. We appreciate you being here with us. We'll see you next time.